0: Nutrient deficiencies can certainly contribute or hold those conditions back from improving. Because if a horse doesn't have the building blocks and the tools for their recovery, it's almost impossible to get them to better health. Welcome to this episode of Healing Horses with Alicia. Today, I wanted to talk about nutrient requirements. And I think this topic is going to be of interest to a lot of horse owners out there. It has become a real focus when it comes to how to supplement our horses, how to feed our horses. And the one of the reasons why it is so important is because our horses are living in pretty unnatural environments with unnatural access to nutrition. We can't always let our horses out to forage on all the different types of grasses and leaves and roots and berries that they normally would to get their nutrition. And now today, especially with the epidemic of insulin resistance and laminitis and the sugar sensitivities, we have a lot of horses standing in dry lots on 100% hay diets. And it might be poor quality hay too. So we always want to make sure our horses are getting enough nutrition no matter what they're getting for supplementation and hay. So over the last several decades, the industry has become very focused on that. And there has been research done out there on what our horses need uh, to maintain good health. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. And one of the reasons I think uh, it should be more of a focus is because about So I'd say five years ago, I started seeing patterns in a lot of the horse health profiles and correlated to what they were eating or what they were getting supplemented. And a lot of horse owners would come to me and say, you know, my horse has got these health challenges and I'm meeting all the requirements. I've had everything tested and I'm still not getting anywhere with it. My horse's health is not improving. And in some cases, it was still declining. And so after seeing hundreds of horses that were basically in that same situation where they were getting their maltese and getting their nutritional requirements met, per se, they still weren't improving health. And whether that means that there was a little bit of improvement at the beginning, or they just plateaued and they couldn't get them any further, it was an issue. And it was an issue I had to take a look at if I was going to start helping these horses. So how come meeting general requirements was not working? And so I started to really focus on that a little bit. And in the last five years, I have become more and more aware of how much our horses actually need that they're not getting. And so some of these health issues that horse owners would come forward with sometimes weren't really serious or chronic. They were just little things that kind of cropped up over time. So maybe it showed up in their hair coat and it was more dull and coarse than it used to be. Or... Maybe it showed up in their hooves. They were just more dry, brittle, and cracking, and they used to be so healthy. Or weepy eyes, runny noses. That stuff starts to happen a little bit more. Just signs of poor immunity. So they're just getting sicker than they used to be, getting colds and all of that. Or they become more sensitive to seasonal allergies, and they never had that before. So all these little things that start to creep up over time, which sometimes don't seem like a big deal. But it is an indication that perhaps your horse isn't getting the nutrition they need. And the reason I know that is because nutrient deficiencies is one of the leading causes of equine disease. So those are kind of the little things that start to happen. But then you also get the situations where a horse has been chronically unwell for a really long time. They may have been diagnosed with insulin resistance or PPID. Maybe they have struggled with laminitis for a really long time as well which can cause other issues depending on the amount of stress and lack of movement and all of that. Uh, They could struggle with digestive problems like ulcers, colic. All of those conditions uh, can influence nutrient status as well. And they can also be, I'm not going to say cause, but nutrient deficiencies can certainly contribute or hold those conditions back from improving. Because if a horse doesn't have the building blocks and the tools for their recovery, it's almost impossible to get them to better health. So to start off, I'm just going to define nutrients for you just so we're all on the same page. And there's basically two categories of nutrients. There's macronutrients and micronutrients, but all nutrients supports every physiological function in the body. So a horse literally can't be healthy without them. And I know over time working with a lot of different horses, thousands over the last 12 years or so, I can tell you that A lot of these horses never get their requirements met. There's just a lot of nutrients out there to pay attention to. And I'm going to talk more about that today too. So it's the micronutrients I want to focus on. Those are our vitamins, the minerals, and the essential fatty acids. And all of these nutrients come from their food. And this is why we are out there testing our forage and making sure that we're making up the difference or the deficiencies there with whatever we're supplementing at the same time. So there has been some research done on the topic. So what nutrients do our horses need, first of all, and how much do they need to maintain good health? And so the National Research Council attempted to answer these questions in 2007 was the last edition they put out called the Nutrient Requirements of Horses, and I believe it was the sixth edition. And in there, you'll see all of the studies and research that have been done trying to establish which nutrients our horses can become deficient in and the horses that could become deficient in, how much do they actually need from their food? And then that kind of gets passed down to the other agencies or institutions. And then we have nutrient requirements for our horses' food and supplements. And we have something to measure. But there are some issues uh, with some of that. A lot of them are inconclusive just because like they'll induce a deficiency. That's how they determine whether a horse needs a particular nutrient. So they remove it from the diet. And so they know the horse is deficient in it. And then they monitor blood and they watch for clinical signs and symptoms. And so if a horse doesn't present with any changes to their health profile and it doesn't show up in the blood, the conclusion is maybe they don't need the nutrient at all. But because we know they're inducing deficiencies, and in some cases, we know horses require that nutrient, we can also draw the conclusion that horses can become very good at adapting to less than they need. And I see this in hundreds and hundreds of horses that I work with. They are just holding themselves above water. I know they're deficient in a lot of different things and you can see it show up in certain areas of their health but they they just their bodies hold them up for as long as they can because our bodies are always trying to restore balance and in some cases your body will actually take nutrients from other areas of the body just to make ends meet so to speak so Horses do become really good at operating and functioning with less than they need. And then we can add in some of the factors that deplete nutrients on top of that. And you'll see by the time we're done with this discussion what that might look like for your horse. So in the document from the National Research Council, a lot of those studies were done decades and decades ago. I think the oldest one I saw was from 1940. So that means there's 60, 90 years have passed and we're not even living on the same planet anymore. We don't have the same geography. We don't have the same food supply. And so you, we have to be really careful and cautious that we're not putting too much weight on some of those guidelines because they are not going to be what they are today. And certainly with a lot of these horses that have a number of different factors that are depleting their nutritional status those requirements are probably significantly less than what what they were back then. So we have to be cautious that the recommendations for specific horse nutrients are still estimates. They're just estimates. So what I'm saying is if you are balancing your minerals to your hay and you're really watching to make sure your horse is getting enough and your horse's health still isn't where you want it to be or perhaps it's even getting worse... You have to go beyond. Don't just rely on those requirements and the numbers and say, well, I'm doing everything, because often horses need much more than what's specified in that document. So, there's a couple of different methods that they use, which I wanted to touch on briefly, um, because a lot of horse owners uh, will come to me and say, well, I did the blood work and he's fine. You know, nothing showed up there. Um, his nutritional levels are okay. And I don't really put a lot of weight into blood tests, although I will say that if you do go through the testing for your horse and something does show up and it is clinical, then yes, you do have a problem and you should supplement that nutrient. But in many cases, the horse's health is not good. There's a lot of different signs and symptoms of failing health and everything still comes back normal. That doesn't mean there's something not wrong or something that's not a, that's not out of balance. It just means it didn't show up in the blood work. And one of the reasons for that specifically when we're talking about nutrient status in blood is because the blood is the last vehicle to distribute nutrients because it has a lot of different tissues to look after and a lot of different organs and the body systems to ensure that they're all getting enough nutrition. So it will hold on to everything... And make sure that it's distributed accordingly to need. Uh, So an example of that would be like the blood comes back normal, but perhaps the muscles are really deficient in selenium. But the blood's holding on to it because there's like the liver needs selenium too. There's a lot of other organs that require selenium. So that's why I don't put too much weight on blood testing for nutrient status but like I said if you do the test and it does come back with less than it should be then definitely you're going to want to supplement that for sure. The other method is absorption testing. So this method of testing basically measures what goes in and then what comes out and the difference between the two is what gets absorbed by the body. But there are some issues with this too. Uh, number one, it can be very difficult to detect some of the microminerals due to the small concentrations. So here we have limitations of technology that might not be as accurate as we hoped. Like blood tests, digestibility is not a good indicator of tissue and organ requirements. So we want to be careful that we're not getting too tunnel visioned about what we should or should not see in those tests. Just because it comes back one way doesn't mean that it's just we're not testing for it. It's just not showing up the way it should. And the third is that the sources of error associated with that particular method are really impossible to measure. So mineral losses can be attributed to other bodily processes as well, such as sweating. And sweating actually can cause a horse to lose nutrients. You might think it's to do with absorption, but really your horse is just losing those nutrients through their sweat. So despite the lack of accurate information available, a lot of those estimates are outdated and they still serve as the basis for many of our horse health programs. And that is where the issue comes in. And that's why if you're, you know, doing everything you can to make sure your horse's nutrients are met and you've had your Hey, analyzed and you're trying to make up that difference with whatever mineral mix you have going on. And perhaps some of you are even custom making your mineral mixes based on your food. There's maybe nothing wrong with doing that. But if your horse isn't improving health, then you have to look further and don't think that it's not related to nutrition. Because as I mentioned, nutritional deficiencies is one of the leading causes of equine disease. So another issue when it comes to our horse's food supply is that The Canadian Food Inspection Agency, and this just applies to Canada. If you're in another country, you would have to look up this information there. But here it's called the CFIA, and they only make it mandatory to label minimum requirements for certain nutrients that have been identified like horses are clinically deficient in based on those studies in that document. So for here, for the CFIA, it's vitamin A, D, and E that are mandatory To label the requirements. Any other nutrients outside of that are deemed not beneficial because probably they couldn't detect a deficiency uh, when they did those um, studies. So that becomes a little bit of a problem because that's leaving out all the B vitamins. And I know through all the years and the hundreds or thousands of horses I've worked with that B vitamins can have huge benefit for horses. I know a lot of horses that are deficient in certain B vitamins. And it's just not something we pay attention to because we don't recognize it as deficiency. Another example of this would be vitamin C. Horses don't need vitamin C because they produce their own. But there's a lot of reasons and factors that actually deplete those particular nutrients in a horse that isn't going to be captured in a research study. So science isn't going to detect that. And that's just the nature of how the studies are put together and how the conclusions are drawn. So even though it is important to have basic nutrient guidelines established, we need some sort of baseline uh, to ensure our horses are getting the minimum amount of nutrition. We also have to recognize that that's the minimum amount of nutrition to keep them alive, right? That isn't for optimum health. And when we want to feed our horses, especially if you're doing things with them and they're working horses, You want optimum health. You don't want just keeping their heads above water, so to speak, just to kind of stay alive. And there still could be some little signs and symptoms that their health isn't right, like poor energy, or as I mentioned, hair coats, a really good one to watch, hoof health. We want all of that to be really, really good. And this is made evident by the rising is incident of nutrient-related diseases that are now seen in so many of our horses, and some of them have reached epidemic proportions. So now on a more individual basis, so that's about general requirements and guidelines for the general population of horses across the world. But on a more individual basis, we also have to look at all the factors that deplete nutrients for each horse. And this is going to be different depending on which horse you're working with. So in addition to nutritionally inadequate hay and feed, these factors prevent our domestic horses from receiving the amount of nutrition they need as well. So I'm just going to go through the list here and then you can see if they apply to your horse's situation. So first one is lack of exercise. So lack of exercise is a lifestyle factor that can absolutely prevent our horses from absorbing enough nutrition, circulating enough nutrition, and so it can be a big contributing factor to nutrient deficiencies. Over-medicating. So a lot of medications or any source of toxicity to the body uses nutrients to metabolize them. So they do absolutely cause nutrient deficiencies and depending on the type of medication um, is going to depend on which nutrient that is. Overtraining. So the equine athletes, so they just need more because the demands on their physical bodies is more. They're using more of their muscles and bones and they're needing better digestion and absorption at the same time. So it's not just about extra calories, but they do need extra vitamins and minerals as well. And high stress levels, I think this is a factor that is really underrated in the horse world. We don't talk about it as much as we should. And because horses are prey animals, they're just very prone to stress responses. And their body changes on a physiological level whenever they're experiencing stress. And one of the things that happens is that the digestive system kind of stops, it slows down because the body's trying to conserve all its resources for fight or flight. And so a lot of the blood will just evacuate to the extremities, meaning that digestion will become less optimal than it should be, which means mineral absorption or nutrient absorption becomes suboptimal as well. Feed toxicity. So feed toxicity is rampant out there in the horse world. There's just so many chemicals and toxins, preservatives, artificial flavorings, uh, sprays on our hay, all of that stuff that our horses are exposed to. And for them to be able to handle that kind of toxic load, you have to use nutrients to do that. And so if you have a horse that's not even getting their basic nutritional needs met through their supplements or their food... And then you add one of these factors to it, such as high feed toxicity, so a lot of chemicals in their diet, they're not going to become very efficient at eliminating a lot of the toxicity or detoxifying their system. And that's a very, very common issue that I run across uh, with many horses is just their toxic load is so high that their bodies just can't find their balance again. And it requires a lot of good nutrition to be able to do that and kind of get them out of that state illness is another one. We have a lot of horses that aren't doing very well. And sometimes it's because it's just age. As they get older, they've been exposed to a lot of these things for a longer period of time. But nevertheless, if you've had a horse with insulin resistance for a long time, chronic inflammation, such as in laminitis, PPID, chronic infections, a chronic immune-related conditions, such as COPD, Some skin problems uh, can be immune-related as well. That is going to be a problem for their nutritional status because it uses a lot of nutrition or nutrients to try and recover and heal. The body uses more and is usually not getting enough to begin with. And then we also have the imbalances of sugar, protein, and fats. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But just know feeding all of these things in excess can also deplete nutrients and it can interfere with absorption uh, and the body has to use a lot of extra nutrients to metabolize it all and eliminate uh, the byproducts sometimes too. So there are tons of factors that influence your horse's nutrient status. So if we think that we can take general guidelines that were established for every horse in the population we are really just lying to ourselves. There's no way that you can apply that and and be practical about thinking our horses are going to recover when you really look at all the reasons that they're depleted. So because the combination of all these factors vary, we have to assume that every horse is going to have different nutritional requirements and probably have deficiencies. And I know just from the number of horses I work with, as I mentioned, that There isn't a horse that I meet that doesn't benefit from better nutrition. Even just adding that particular nutrient sometimes can make a world of difference for them. It's also uh, worth noting that just because a feed program works for one horse doesn't mean it'll work for all of them. So sometimes I'll have owners say, I don't understand like all the horses in my barn are getting the same hay. And they're all healthy. How come my horse isn't healthy and they're getting supplemented the same? It's because your horse has a different body, a different genetic makeup, probably a different history, maybe different nutrition from mom, right? From a youngster, sometimes that can play a pretty big role. And all the factors I just discussed, you know, not every horse is going to have the same level of movement. Not every horse is going to have the same digestive system, medication, levels of toxicity, all of that is going to play a role. How they manage stress? Is their body just in a state of stress a lot of the time? And so we just have to start looking at our horses as an individual and know that sometimes you have to go above and beyond what those basic requirements are. And since we can't rely on traditional methods of nutrient testing to assess nutritional status, and we know that most equine nutrient requirements are not being met, and that nutrient deficiencies are one of the leading causes of horse health problems, now, what do we do? We know all this. Now, what do we do? And my best advice to you is to start learning about all these different nutrients, uh, what they can be used for, how they can benefit your horse. What are some of the signs and symptoms too? Sometimes you just have to do your research and go and learn and, and figure all of this out because it, the information out there is pretty scarce when it comes to nutritional therapy and taking a very holistic approach to our horse's health. What I'm talking about today, the perspective and kind of the way of looking at this is a very holistic perspective. I'm looking at all the different factors for that particular individual horse and seeing how we can improve their health. How can we meet their needs on a different level? So that was a lot to kind of leave you with. And I hope that kind of helps you understand that if you are doing a lot nutritionally for your horse and you're still not getting the results you want, Sometimes it's just that you're not what your program is or the supplements that you're using. Sometimes it's just not specific enough for what your horse needs. It's not addressing the underlying cause. But if your horse is experiencing some signs and symptoms in their health profile because of depleted nutrients and whatever you're doing is not helping and it's not resolving it for you, just know that you do have to look above and beyond that sometimes. Look at nutrients that may not be established as a particular deficiency, but that you can use it from a therapeutic standpoint to help restore balance to your horse's health. If you are ready to dive into the world of holistic horse health and all it has to offer, I invite you to join me for my 12-week online signature program, Healing Horses Zero This program only runs once per year, and I'm excited to announce the doors are now open to welcome the class of 2024. Registration is now open. Inside, you'll learn how to formulate natural health programs using diet, lifestyle, single nutrients, herbs, and homeopathic remedies. And this course will also empower you with the tools and confidence you need to make informed decisions and take charge of your horse's health. If you wanna learn more or you're ready to register, you can look in the show notes for the links. There's one link that will take you to a page to learn more about the program and how it's run. And the other link is just to get registered right away. I can't wait to welcome you. So I hope you enjoyed that. There'll be a lot more to come in future episodes on nutritional therapy nutritional deficiencies and specific nutrients uh, so you can start learning how to apply them and in what dosages and also which forms to use so that you know you're giving them the most bioavailable forms that you can.